Hello everyone and thank you so much for tuning back in to another episode with me. It's your girl with no edges, Deanne, and today I want to talk about a few current events that are in the headlines. Now I just really want to add my two cents because as you know, I got a lot of things that I like to get off my chest. Now, after serving almost 19 years in prison, Wade Carruth was released on October 22nd. Now, for those of y'all who do not know who Wade Carruth is, let me give you a little background. Wade Carruth was drafted in the first round of the 1997 NFL Draft by the Carolina Panthers with the 27th overall selection as a wide receiver. He signed a four-year $3.7 million deal that included a $1.3 million signing bonus. Crew had a respectable rookie season in 1997 and started in 14 games. Wearing uniform number 89, he caught 44 passes for 545 yards and four touchdown passes, tied for the first among rookie receivers. He was named to the all-rookie team at a wide receiver. He was with the Carolina Panthers for three seasons. So Ray had fame, money, and he had a passion for women. He loved the ladies, and the ladies loved Ray. In 1998, Ray Carruth met a 24-year-old real estate agent by the name of Sharika Adams at a pool party. Now, Sharika Adams was beautiful. If you ever saw Sharika Adams, she had drop-dead gorgeous looks. She carried herself in a different way, and I can understand why a man would be attracted to her. Because when Bray saw her, he was smitten by her. And it was both. They both liked what they saw. It was an instant attraction to one another. So the two began dating, and within a few months, Sharika becomes pregnant. Now, Ray was upset that she became pregnant. He asked for her to have an abortion, but Sharika refused to do this. Now, see, during Ray's sophomore year at Colorado, his then-girlfriend, Michelle Wright, gave birth to his first son, Ray Londo. But, see, Ray wasn't taking care of Ray Londo, so Michelle sued him and he was ordered to pay $5,500 a month in child support. But Michelle agreed that Ray can pay $2,700 on the condition that Ray would be a better father since he neglected Ray Londo. Now see, this is why Ray didn't want to have another child because he was afraid that he would have to pay child support again. So Ray was looking for a way to terminate this pregnancy. Now, allegedly, he hired a hitman named Van Breck Watkins to kill Sharika and his unborn child. On November 16, 1999, Ray planned a romantic evening with Sharika. The two went to the movies, and the plan was to end the night at her place. So the couple leaves the movies, and they head to Ray's house to pick up Sharika's car. So Ray is leading the way, Sharika is behind him, and Watkins and another person that was hired named Michael Kennedy 
are trailing close behind. Now, according to Watkins, this was the plan. Ray was going to give them a sign when he was ready for this shooting to take place. And the sign was to slow down his car. So they're all driving on a deserted road. And then all of a sudden, Ray slows down, which causes Sharika to slow down. Now, at that point, Watkins, who was in the passenger side, and Michael Kennedy, who was driving, they pulled next to Sharika. And Watkins, he shoots five times into her vehicle. Once that happens, Ray takes off. Michael and uh, Watkins take off. And they left Sharika and the baby there to die. But let me show you how God works. Sharika was still able, after being shot all those times, to drive and call 911. Eventually, she pulled into someone's driveway and she was on the phone with 911 for I think about 11 or 12 minutes. And you, if you ever hear these tapes, I cry because you can hear the pain in her voice. You can hear her trying to survive and asking for help. And she kept honking her horn because she wanted someone to help her. These are in the wee hours of the morning on November 16th. And she was able to dispatch 911 to where she was at. Now, as soon as Sharika was admitted to the hospital, she fell into a coma. Now, the doctors delivered the baby via emergency cesarean section. Now, Karuth went to the police and posted a $3 million bail. Now, the condition of his bail was that if either Adams or the infant died, he would turn himself in. Well, unfortunately, Adams died on December 14, 1999. Now, the child that was born, they named the child, who is now 19, Chancellor Lee Adams. He did survive, but he suffered permanent brain damage and a cerebral palsy as a result of being without oxygen for 70 minutes. Karuth quickly fled after Adam's death, but was captured on December 15th in West Tennessee. Now he was found hiding in the trunk of a car outside a motel in Parker's Crossroad. Now when they found him, he was curled up in a fetus uh, position in the trunk of someone's car and in the, like, in the trunk, it contained $3,900 in cash, bottles of his urine, I assume for him, you know, to do his business, extra clothes, candy bars, and a cell phone. The Panthers waived him on December 16th because citing sorry, a moral clause in his contract, and the NFL suspended him indefinitely on December 17th. Now, at his trial, prosecutors contended that Karuth hired Watkins and Kennedy to murder Adams because of her refusal to abort the unborn child. Now, Karuth's lawyer, Adam Terea, claimed that Karuth had been caught up in a drug deal that had gone bad. They claimed that on the night of the shooting, after Karuth had refused to fund a drug deal uh, from Watkins, 
walking shy Adams in a sudden rage when she flipped him off. They claim that all of this was because Ray would not invest or fund a drug deal by Watkins. Now, he was convicted in 2001 of conspiracy to commit murder, shooting into an occupied vehicle and using an instrument to destroy an unborn child. Now, at that time, he was sentenced to 18 and 24 years. And he was also, uh, I'm sorry, he was not found guilty of the most serious crime, which was first degree murder. And uh, at that point, he was spared the death penalty. Now, here's my thoughts on this case. At the time when this happened, I was living in Atlanta and I would go to Charlotte a lot because they had, and I think they still do have a CIAA in Charlotte. So me and my friends would drive out there. Now, what's interesting about this story is that the child that Ray did not want ended up surviving. And if you know anything about a special needs child, it costs a lot more money to take care of that child than a regular child because they have different medications. They, you know, they got to do physical therapy depending on the needs of that child's condition. But one thing I admire from Sharika is that, again, if you listen to the 911 calls, she told the operator in all her pain what happened, how Ray slowed down, this car pulled up beside her and shoots into her vehicle. Uh -huh, he just took off and left her for dead. And when she went to the hospital before she had her uh, surgery, she scribbled notes down. So this woman was brave enough to say, you know, if I don't make it, I want them to know what happened. And she was so concerned for her son. I mean, you got to remember, she was eight months pregnant at this time. She was eight months pregnant, concerned about her unborn child. And even though she lost her life, I always think about the fight she had, that mother instinct that she had because she wanted to be a mother. And see, I never understood. There's a lot of men who get women pregnant and I always ask, why didn't you use a condom? Why is it so hard to pull a condom out and prevent this from happening? Because again, Ray had a son, Ray Londo, that he wasn't taking care of. So his fear was paying more child support. But as you can see, Ray had money. He had a $1.3 million signing bonus and a four-year contract of $3.7 million. So it wasn't like he couldn't afford it. But he didn't do the things that it took to prevent this from happening. And like I said, Ray was a womanizer. He loved women. Sharika and him had an on and off again relationship. But this always happens. You know, you hear about a break baby or someone getting pregnant when they weren't together. But most women would probably would get an abortion, but she wanted to be a mother. And this is the sad part of this story is that her life was taken. But her son is here and he suffers every day. And he looks, he looks like Ray. He looks like Ray Carruth.
and he's 19 years old. The son, the child that he did not want end up surviving because that's how God works. And it's sad again that she lost her life. And what I find most fascinating is that her mother, Sandra Adams, instead of her being bitter, having hate in her heart, she forgives Ray. And she wants Chancellor to have a relationship with his father. Because when Ray was in jail, he expressed views of getting custody of his son. But of course, he soon, you know, soon realized that that was a, a bad mistake because his son, again, he's a special needs child. He hasn't been in his son's life for 19 years. And his son is very aware of who his mother is because there's an interview I saw with Sandra and Chancellor. He called his mom, Mommy Angel. You know, Sharika's mom, Sandra, takes Chancellor to her gravesite. So I just find this story so fascinating because I'm going to tell you guys the truth. My mom was taken from me. And it's ironic. My mom got shot in November of 1999. And the person who did this, he not only ultimately, well, ultimately, ultimately my mother lost her life due to the results of her getting shot. She became paralyzed. But this person shot three people execution style and they died that night. And I've been to the court dates. And you know what? I can honestly say I forgive this individual because having hatred in my heart, it's not going to bring my mother back. Me wanting him to die is not going to bring my mother back. You know, he's on death row and they tell us you can go and view his execution. I don't think I want to see that because I've already made my peace. And God says, you can't ask me for forgiveness if you don't forgive others. So I don't have no ill will because see, God will forgive. If we repent and ask God to forgive us for our sins, he will. But she has forgiven Ray. And she even says every day she looks at Chancellor, it's a new day. She sees her daughter in him. Again, the child that he did not want survived. That is so interesting about this story. But see, Ray is not the only NFL player to be tried for murder. I think the most famous one that overshadows, or I'm sorry, that is more famous than Ray is O.J. Simpson. And we saw how his trial played off. We saw how the media exploited everything, and it was about race, and, you know, here's a black man who was accused of killing two white people. How can he ever get off? But he did. OJ got off. And just like Ray, OJ fled. We all remember that white Bronco driving down the freeway. With Al Collins driving, OJ in the back. We all remember that because it was played out on TV. Now, when this happened, I was younger. But I remember how... Everyone looked up to OJ. He was a pillar in the African-American community. White people loved OJ. I remember the Hertz commercial when he was running through the airport, right? Everybody loved OJ. So to imagine OJ killing his ex-wife and a friend, 
You just can't imagine it. But despite everything that happened, OJ got away with murder. Ray Carruth did not. And I always think about that statue, Lady Justice. And if you ever saw the statue of Lady Justice, she has a blindfold over her eyes, a scale and one hand that is unbalanced in a, a sword. And she wears a you know, blindfold because justice is blind. She has that scale because it's unbalanced. You know, there's times you hear about a crime so heinous and you can't believe how did that person get away with murder? Or how did that person get off with that crime? But it happens. And that's our justice system. So in this case, both cases, with Ray Carruth and with OJ Simpson, two NFL players, heinous crimes, and you saw how both of them were tried and how they got different results. But no one wins, like I said. In both of these cases, it's sad. I always feel very bad for the Goldman and the Brown family because there's never no closure. Even for uh, Miss Adams, there's never no closure. When you replay these stories in the media or when you read about it, that pain is still there. But with OJ, he was convicted of not the murder, but again, let me tell you how God works. When he went to Las Vegas and he stole his own merchandise and was convicted, they convicted him on the day of his acquittal for murder. He got sentenced that day. He went to what prison, I think, for eight years. But the whole point is that OJ did time. Now OJ is free in Las Vegas. That would be the one state I would not want to stay at, but he is there. And I don't think the Goldman's ever got that settlement money. I don't think to this day they got paid off. But again, both cases are sad. And it's a lesson about crime. It's if you have money, sometimes status, you may can get away with murder. But at the end of the day, the ultimate judge is God. And that's one person that you can't buy your way. You know, God judges us based on the things we've done. And we all have to stand in front of our maker one day and have to give an account of our sins that we didn't ask for forgiveness for. And that's the one person our God is the ultimate judge. And there's no way you can be phony with God. So recently, Megyn Kelly's NBC morning show was canceled over her blackface remarks. And this is what she said. She said, what is racist? Because truly, you do get in trouble if you are a white person who puts on blackface at Halloween or a black person who puts on whiteface for Halloween. Back when I was a kid, that was okay as long as you were dressing up as a, a character. Now she did later apologize for these remarks, but 
NBC knew what type of person she was because she has always said things that sparked controversy. Remember when she uh, had Jane Fonda on her show and she asked her about her plastic surgery? Or what about when she said that Santa is not white and that he can't be black? What about when she had the cast of Will and Grace on her show and she asked the fan if he became a lawyer and became gay because of Will? Now, I know a lot of people are saying, well, what is the fascination with blackface? Well, let me just give you a background about blackface. Blackface is a form of theatrical makeup used predominantly by non-black performers to represent a caricature of a black person. The practice gained popularity during the 19th century and contribute to the spread of racial stereotypes. Now there's so many performers who have done blackface. Just to name a few. Jimmy Kimmel, he did blackface when he was impersonating Carmelo and Oprah on The Man Show. Desi Arnaz on the episode Lucy Goes to the Hospital. Robert Downey Jr. in the movie Tropic Thunder. But it's not just white people. Black people have also done blackface. You know, Louis Armstrong, Dave Chappelle, Sammy Davis Jr. And most recently, we saw a photo of Drake with blackface. So this, it doesn't limit to just white people doing blackface. Black people do it as well. And back in those times when they were doing this, you know, you have black people who cater to white audiences. They would do this and perform and they would get paid for this. And see blackface when, well, when white people did blackface, it really mimicked the stereotypes of African-Americans. You know, they would have big lips. They would talk with a certain slang. You know, they look poor. It was a really negative uh, stereotype of African-American. That's why blackface is so controversial because of the background of where it comes from. But the whole discussion of what Megyn Kelly was saying was inappropriate Halloween costumes. And see, personally, there's a lot of costumes, Halloween costumes that are offensive. So someone's culture should never be your costume, period. But it does make me wonder, what about when black people do blackface? Oh, I'm sorry, does whiteface? You know, remember the movie White Chicks? And if you ever seen that movie, Sean and Marlon Wayans were cops who went undercover as two white women. Now their characters depicted white women from the way they look, talk and dress. Now, was this offensive? Because I don't remember, you know, too much controversy about this movie, but they did the character exactly how white women, you know, women did as far as like their hair, nose, everything, you know? So, I mean, it's like, it's a double standard. And also, you know, with Ted dancing, 
or Jimmy Fallon done blackface? How come they weren't fired like Megyn Kelly? You see, and I think in her defense, I understand what she was trying to say. I'm not offended. And even when she was talking, she brought up an example of uh, Luann from The Real Housewives. And she was saying that she had a lot of comments because for Halloween, she dressed up like Diana Ross. And she had the afro, and it looks like she kind of darkened her skin to look like Diana Ross. So that was her example of saying, you know, well, it's okay to do blackface if you are portraying someone as a character. But I look at blackface like the word nigger, right? There's always this rule that black people can say nigger, but white people can't. And it's always a, a, a stereotype. Like it's like, it's a double standard. I can say it, but you can't. You can do blackface, or I can do blackface, but you can't. So just a lot of mis, you know, mixed information, but I just think, you know, some things are taken way out of context. And we also live in a world where people are easily offended. You have to be careful what you say. And, you know, as of recently, speaking of blackface, I just uh, heard the comments that uh, Hillary Clinton made. Now, again, Hillary Clinton, we all know that she ran for president and lost to Donald Trump. But she recently made um, comments on a show and it's like, did she not see what happened to Megyn Kelly? But she did and she was on the show and the person who was interviewing her mistook Cory Booker and Eric Holder. And you know, Hillary kind of jokingly said, I know they all look alike. Now, that is a joke. A lot of people will say that black people all look alike. So again, I understand Hillary was trying to be funny, but again, we live in a climate where people are easily offended, easily offended, and they're letting her have it online, calling her racist, all these things when I knew she was joking. But again, because she's white, you can't say things like that. You can't say those kind of things when you have a platform like that. And speaking of Halloween, there was a woman um, that I just read about that her Halloween costume, her and her boyfriend dressed up like Jay-Z and Beyonce. And she posted this photo online. She worked at a hospital. And she got fired for it because of you know her doing blackface. So we have to be careful. You know, there's a Me Too movement. There's all type of things going on in this world. You have to be mindful of what you say, what you do, even what you post, because you can get in a lot of trouble. Now, recently on Dr. Phil's show, he had a guest named Treasure. Now, Treasure's only 16 years old, but she believes that she's white. Now, Treasure identifies herself as being transracial. 
Now, being transracial are individuals who assert a racial identity for themselves, which differs from their birth ethnicity. Now, the best example of this is a woman named Rachel Dozel. I think it's how you say her name. I'm not sure. But Rachel is a white woman who identifies as being black. Dozel was president of the NAACP, uh, a chapter in Spokane, Washington. And she was the president from 2014 until June of 2015, when she resigned after the NAACP confronted her about her ethnicity claims, believing them to be false. Now, she received further public scrutiny when her parents publicly stated that Rachel was a white woman passing as black. I mean, if you see a picture of her, you would think that she is a fair-skinned black woman. I mean, she has the hair. I mean, she really looks black to me. I had no idea Rachel was white until I saw her before picture. I'm like, wow. But she did a really good job, so I never knew. But while on the show, this is what Treasure had to say. Treasure says, I'm white, I'm a Caucasian because everything about me is different from an African-American. She says, I have naturally straight hair, my hair is not nappy, it doesn't require a weave, my nose is not giant like African-Americans, my lips are perfect. Most African-Americans speak ghetto. When it comes to black people, I think they're all ugly and I have nothing in common with them. I'm different from African-Americans because I'm white. On top of that, Treasure also stated that it makes me feel good to put down African-Americans because it helps them stay in their place. I identify with the Ku Klux Klan because the way they believe is just so smart. White is right. Now, Treasure believed that she's white because in 2006, William Richards, who was white, passed away. And Treasure's mom, Monique, told Treasure that this was her biological father. But see, this is where the story gets interesting because recently, a woman named Nina, claiming to be Treasure's oldest sister, went on Instagram Live and stated that Treasure was lying about her views. This woman says that Treasure was only on the show to gain fame. Well, her mom, her mom had her go on the show because again, she's 16, she's a minor. So her mom, Monique, they did this all to get views and all to try to make some money. Because we know that we live in a day and age where anything that's viewed online if you're able to generate a story and it goes viral you can become famous and speaking of dr phil they thought she would be like the catch me outside girl uh daniel bagoli now if you guys but you guys who don't know who daniel uh bagoli is she is the girl that went on dr phil and she was a teen that would hit her mom so her mom went on the show asking for help because she could not control her daughter. Now she went on that show, acted a fool because she made a catchphrase, you know, catch me outside, how about that? That's what she said. 
she became a viral sensation. Today, that same girl who's on Dr. Phil is a multimillionaire. She has a record deal. She has popularity. She has sponsorships. So because of her bad behavior, she got rewarded. So maybe Monique thought, okay, my daughter, she can go on there and say she's white and we will become famous. But see, it backfired because I don't know too many people who will support uh, a person who's racist. Self-hate. That's the worst type of hate is to hate yourself and to deny who you are. But her mom saw it as a way to get money. So she had the brother come on the show, her daughter Treasure. But Nina, the older sister, said this is all a lie, that Treasure has black friends. She believes in the Black Lives Matter movement. So it's, it, it's contradicting to what she said on Dr. Phil's show. But I guess where I'm puzzled is that why would Dr. Phil, after having Danielle Bagoli on his show, and, and he saw what that did to her, why would you exploit other kids like this and allow them to come on a show and make you look foolish? Because if what Nina is saying is true, that makes the Dr. Phil show look crazy. You know, because Oprah wouldn't have this happening on her show if Oprah had her show. But see, Dr. Phil is becoming more of a Jerry Springer. He has these crazy stories on there, and it's like, wow, Dr. Phil's show wasn't like that in the beginning, but I understand he has to compete with ratings, and Jerry Springer still brings ratings. Let's be very honest. People still tune in to the Jerry Springer show, and there's not really too many shows out there doing those type of numbers, but I never understood why he would allow this to go on his show. And then recently, Dr. Phil was on The Breakfast Club, with Charlemagne the God, DJ Envy, and Angela Yee. And he said that Treasure is going to get her ass beat because of what she believes, how she said those things. And you got to understand, when you go on a show like that, people will try to fight you. People are going to test you when they see you. So for the rest of her life, she's going to be known as that girl. And I don't know how you can get famous from that. What kind of sponsorship can you get from being a racist, a self-hating person? What, I mean, what, what can you do? Is the, the Ku Klux Klan going to, you know, make you an honor, honorary member? Like, what, what were they looking for? That's what I don't understand, but this is the kind of climate we live in, that people would do anything for views, likes, for a platform to get famous. And it's sad, guys. You see it all the time on the internet. It is sad. This girl got exploited, and now she's infamous. It's the reverse of what her mom was looking for. And if this is fake, it's sad, guys. I mean, I think it's really, really sad. Now, after being together off and on for 11 years, Cassie and Diddy broke up. Now, I know you guys are saying, why am I talking about it? Well, I'm talking about it because I find this story 
Very interesting. And of course, I got my two cents about what's going on. Now, for those of you who do not know who Cassie is, Cassie is an American singer, dancer, actress, and model. Cassie's self-titled a debut studio album was released in August of 2006, peaking at number four on the Billboard 200 chart and features the Billboard Hot 100 top three hit, Me and You. And if you don't know this song, I'll just sing a little bit of this song. And right, guys, don't judge me. I'm just purely doing this because, again, this is one of her hits. I know them other guys, they've been talking about the way I do what I do. You guys probably remember this song. It was a really good hit. I remember the video. She was kind of dancing. It kind of reminded me of Aaliyah, like her style of music. But that was a really big hit for her. And in 2008, Cassie released the single Official Girl featuring Lil Wayne. In 2009, she released the single Must Be Love featuring Diddy and Let's Get Crazy featuring Akon and signed a record deal with Interscope Records. In 2013, Cassie released her debut mixtape called Rockabye Baby, which was promoted with the music video of Numb featuring Rick Ross and Paradise featuring Wiz Khalifa. Cassie was also featuring a few movies uh, such as Step Up to the Streets, The Perfect Match, and Honey 3, Dare to Dance. Now besides that, Cassie is known for being a style icon due to her edgy style and feminine and sophisticated fashion. Cassie is also known for setting the trend among women of shaving their hair after Cassie shaved her head in uh, 2009. So when she got with Diddy, he had already a huge fame and success. And so what I find kind of interesting is when a woman dates a man who is that powerful and famous, somehow the things that they do kind of takes a back burner. You know, because then she went from being all these great things to being Diddy's girlfriend. And again, they were off and on for 11 years. So Cassie is 32, Diddy is 48. So she gave Diddy her best years, her best years. And, you know, thank God she is young enough where she can go and date other men. But let's be clear, Cassie is a very beautiful woman. Very beautiful if you ever seen pictures of her. But how many uh, Diddy's can Cassie go and find? It's kind of hard, right? Because see, Diddy, he is really, really famous and he has money. I mean, let's not forget Diddy, the bad boy record label at one point in time was great. You know, when I was in high school, I remember 112, Faith Evans, Total, Little Kim, Biggie Smalls, Craig Mack, you know, uh, The Locks. Like he had so many great artists, Carl Thomas, on his record label, 112, I mean, so many great artists at one point in time. Bad Boy was it. Y'all forgot about Mace. Like he had so much talent. So Diddy himself is already a movement. So when Cassie got with him, I felt like her star 
kind of dim because what was she doing besides these little things she did, but it wasn't like a big buzz. You, you see what I'm saying? But what I find interesting is that women who date men of power, it's hard to replace that man. And what I mean is that Cassie can go find another man, but he's not gonna have the fame and the money of Diddy. But see, for a Diddy, Cassie is easily replaceable. Why? Because Diddy has money. Him being 48, he likes younger women. And it's no different than women who date younger men. But see, when a man is that powerful, a woman has to kind of deal with it. And I'll give you another example. Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather, he's a great boxer. But as a person, I really don't like him. Why? Because to me, Floyd is a narcissist. He's all about himself. He has all this money. He has all this fame. But he can't keep a steady woman because of how he treats women. Now, again, Floyd being in his position of power, his success and money, any woman that gets with Floyd, it's going to be hard to find another Floyd Mayweather because, again, he's far few in between. And I'll give you one of his girlfriends that he dated. See, nobody knows that, or maybe they don't remember, Princess Love, who was Ray J's wife. She was once with Floyd Mayweather. Now, Ray J has money, but he don't have Floyd Mayweather kind of money. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? But she was with this man. Okay, Miss Jackson. Miss Jackson at one point in time, I believe, was engaged to Floyd Mayweather. But see, now Miss Jackson is with Nellie. Now, again, Nellie had a few hit songs, a couple good albums, maybe that at most, but Nellie doesn't have Floyd Mayweather type of money. And see, when Miss Jackson was with Floyd, again, this is a man who has power, fame, and success. She accepted how Floyd treated her. You see, Floyd was still messing with his baby's mother, Josie Harris. And there was one point in time where Josie Harris would post photos on the internet of her and Floyd in bed together. I mean, they probably had sex, I don't know, but she would post this. And what would Miss Jackson do? She would post the fur he bought her, the brand new bag, the beautiful house, all these material things, you see, to me, both of these women look dumb because what's material things to a man who does not respect you as a woman? You, you can't sit in and, and compromise that. You know, I've never been that type of woman that would allow a man to disrespect me because he's rich or he has money. I just can't do that because if, a, if someone is controlling my my life and if the way I eat and live is based on this man, he can cut me off at any time and then what do I got? And see, that's what happened with Miss Jackson. When she finally left him, because I remember Floyd and Nellie had a few words. You see, but Floyd made Miss Jackson who she is, meaning that he got you know paid for her to get some work done. He put this on the internet. 
he built her body to be who she is today, for Nellie to enjoy. But when she left Floyd, she had to give him back all those things that he got her because that's what he wanted. You're not going to have me buy you these nice things and then you're going to use it for the next man. Oh, no, 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 baby. You got to get that back. But that's what happened. And see, a man with power like a Diddy or Floyd Mayweather, you know, women, we have to sit here and say, you know what? Well, he's rich. He's famous. I can get whatever I want. My star will be brighter because of him. But you got to accept that this man is going to cheat on you. He's going to have you looking stupid. He's going to be seeing other women having sex with him. And in some cases, not wearing condoms. I mean, let's be honest. Diddy is a phenomenal artist, producer. But let's look at Diddy's history. Now, see, I wouldn't personally date Diddy because of his background. You know, my mom always taught me, you want to know about a man? Look at his background. So Diddy has six kids, I believe. Yeah, he got six kids. His first child, Justin, comes from his first baby's mother, uh, Misha Brown, who's a designer. His next three kids come from his second baby's mother, Kim Porter. So they had uh, twin daughters, Delilah Starr and Jesse James, and they also had a son together named Christian. Now his last child comes from a woman named Sarah Chapman. They had a daughter named Chance. Now the sixth child comes from Porter. So Diddy claims uh, Kim Porter's older son that is from Albie Shore, and his name is Quincy. So that is the sixth child. But in all those relationships that he had with Misha, Kim, and Sarah, neither one, none of those girls got engaged. I don't think Diddy even wants to get married. So Cassie, being who she is, came into this picture. And I don't know what she expected, but I know one thing. I'm not about to give 11 years of my walls, my time to a man who doesn't value me. One, that's too long for me to be with a man because then I've given you the best years, the best decade. Like I can't do it. I cannot do it. If a man doesn't see value in me, why am I wasting my time with you? And then on top of that, look at all the kids you got. And I don't know why. I mean, see, to me, being a good father has nothing to do with money. And I know there's a lot of people who say, well, he can take care of them. Yes, he can take care of those kids. But money does not trump quality time. I'd rather have a man or a father in my life that spent time with me and not spent money. Because money is something that comes and goes. But time is something you can't get back. But with some of these, you know, parents, they think money is okay. Oh, I bought him this. I got him that. But no, time is something that is precious. And we're not guaranteed the time we have left on earth. So that's how I always looked at those type of situations. But Cassie stayed with him for 11 years. And they may get back together again because, you know, Diddy put on... The internet, he wanted Cassie to listen to Michael Jackson's Lady of My Life. He may want to get back with her, but remember when Diddy uh, dated J-Lo and he got that gun charge and she was like, eh, I'm out of here. 
J-Lo didn't want to deal with it. But what I'm saying is that this man's past would tell me as a woman, this man doesn't have a stable relationship because he was with Kim Porter for 13 years. 13 years. He was with Kim from 1994 to 2007. So she gave him some good years of her life and he didn't want to marry her. So who am I to come in a picture? Because again, the same thing that these women thought, she probably thought too, well, I'm gonna change him. I'm gonna turn him around from being a playboy to a one woman man. No, Diddy has power and with power comes success. He can have any girl that he wants. In the industry that he's in, there's a thousand and one Cassies out there different shapes, sizes, looks, etc. His money will allow him to go get the girl of his dreams and they can get younger and younger and younger. Now that woman is the one who has to say, you know what? Uh-uh, I'm not down with this, but a lot of women do not because again, you cannot find too many men. Men like Diddy, men like Floyd are far few in between. Now see me being an average woman, me dating a man who makes 40000 50000 a year, I can easily find those kind of guys at Walmart, Trader Joe's, Starbucks, at the park. That's easy. That type of income. But a Diddy, Jay-Z, a Floyd Mayweather? Oh, no. You're, I'm not going to spot those type of men just around. You see, that's a whole different level. And these women understand that. So they play their role and play their position until they're used, until that man is done with them. And it's sad because it teaches women that if you're with a man who has success, you should just know your place and play your position. But see, like I said, that's the wrong type of message because at the end of the day, you're a human being like he is. And I don't care how much money a man has or what kind of success he has, when it comes to my morals, they cannot be compromised. And if a man doesn't see value in me, we don't need to see much of each other. I mean, honestly, eh, you're cut off. Can't do it. But guys, I'm going to conclude this segment because I can go on and on and on, but I thank you guys for tuning in again to another episode with me and please feel free to share your thoughts and uh, opinions. You can find me on Facebook, Deanne Ford. I am on Instagram, Next Love Her. N-E-X-T-L-O-V-E and then her, H-E-R. All right, but again, thank you so much for listening. And you know what I'm going to say. Until next time, be blessed, be safe, and have a wonderful night.